Welcome to another edition of the Hangout Podcast. This is your host, Juan Hernandez. I'm here with my co-host today and good friend, Randy Canales. Randy, how's it going? Hey, what's up, guys? How y'all doing? This is actually a special Facebook live edition for the people that regularly listen on YouTube. So we're streaming this right now on Facebook. Uh, I did put it out there maybe a couple days ago saying that we were going to go live. So we're live now after 30 minutes of trying to set up and experiencing technical difficulties as we speak. <laughs> cool. So today's topic, Randy, I want to focus mainly on purchasing a home, real estate, and anything that goes with that. Yeah. I know a lot of people out there um, want to purchase a home, uh, have purchased a home, and they're experiencing financial difficulties. You know, their budgets are kind of tight. You know, some people end up going back to apartments, anything of that nature. Mm-hmm. So uh, just, I just kind of want to go do like a little overview of, you know, what we have to do as far as being first time home buyers. Uh, if we want to invest in properties or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I think most of you guys watching, we have like we have two Facebook lives going on right now and I'm also watching it on my laptop, which is kind of weird. Just to see if it's working. Yeah. Just see if it's working. So, um, and we're kind of short on time. Looks like we got about 30 minutes or so left. So we're going to make, we're going to make this podcast really short. Um, but yeah, so basically what I'm going to be talking about, uh, in today's show is, um, basically the home buying process, explaining exactly how that works. Also going to be talking about, um, you know, who should buy a home and who should not buy a home. Uh, Cause there's definitely a lot of people out there who should not be buying a home, believe it or not. Not everybody should be buying a home. Um, also what's better renting or buying. Uh, a few things we're gonna also talk about is owning a home. Is that actually an asset or is that a liability? Uh, we're also gonna be talking about uh, what to do first when you're buying a home. Uh, do you need a real estate agent? And then we're also gonna go through the entire home buying process as well. So, um, so yeah, man. And for those for those watching, uh, feel free to ask any questions or mm-hmm. concerns. Type in your comments, whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you guys who are on Facebook Live right now, uh, you guys over here and you guys over there. Uh, if y'all have any questions uh, while you guys are watching this live, go ahead and post in the comments, and I'll read our, your questions live uh, while we're doing this right now as well. Um, so I guess let's go ahead and get started, man. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll kind of just I don't know wing the whole entire thing, and if you have any questions too, just mm-hmm. feel free to to shine on in. Um, but this is just basing it off of kind of like, you know, I still live at home. So eventually I'm going to get out of the house and purchase a home for the first time. So it's kind of like, I also kind of want to see what I'm, what I'll be looking at and what other people will be looking at as far as, you know, what we have to do to get everything in line before purchasing a home. Cause this, this is not a big, it's not just to say, Hey, I'm going to buy a home and you know, go ahead and get a loan and all that. Mm-hmm. It's not that easy. No, no, definitely not. And I know a lot of people, especially our age, the whole, um, the whole millennial generation, we're all, you know, we're kind of going through the whole thing too, whether or not we should buy a home or, or continue renting. So I'm going to discuss that here too as well. So, um, so I guess we'll go ahead and just start it off. I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, who should buy a home and who should not buy a home. So the people who should buy a home, you know, typically people who are buying a home in, t- in today's market right now are people who are uh, first time home buyers who usually have families, usually have kids. Uh, a lot of people who I, what I've noticed who are not buying homes a lot, at least in my experience at the time right now, it's just like, you know, single individual people, you know, especially millennials. I feel like the millennial generation, a lot of us are going to be, I feel like a lot of us are going to be renting, especially for a lot longer now. Um, and I just feel that uh, people who shouldn't buy a home right now 
uh, probably are people who are still pretty new into their careers. Let's say you just started your career a few years ago, two, three years ago, and it's still brand new. You're still trying to kind of figure out life. You're in your early 20s right now, mid 20s, uh, late 20s, even 30s right now. So, I mean, there's plenty of people out there in, in different age ranges who shouldn't even be buying a house. Uh, I mean, there's people who should. So it, it just, it makes sense for different situations. It kind of just depends on the situation that you're on, that you're in right now. Um, but I would say that um, buying a home uh, definitely isn't for everyone. Uh, people who should not be buying a home right now are people who, like I said recently, who just recently started their brand new careers. Uh, maybe someone who went to uh, law school or, or medical school who have a ton of debt. Uh, buying a home, you know, you're you're signing a 30-year note, a 30-year mortgage, basically saying that you're going to be living in this one property in this one address for the next 30 years. Of course, you could always uh, sell that property at any time you want. Um, but uh, typically what you're doing is you're signing a loan uh, for the next 30 years that you're going to be paying a mortgage. So not everybody should commit to that right away. Um, and some people, you know, might not even ever buy a house, you know, well into that. There's people who are in their 50s and 60s who are still renting now. Um, so, you know, it's, it's nothing out of the norm for people to be renting as well. Uh, and I guess a lot of, another question that a lot of people ask as well is, is, is renting better or is owning a home better? So uh, there's definitely, definitely different situations. Um, and in most cases, um, renting is going to be cheaper, believe it or not, uh, especially in the first few years of you owning a property. So if you, you know, because when you're buying a property, you got to think of this, you know, you're putting in a, a down payment to purchase the property. Uh, you know, you, you have your monthly mortgage payment. And on top of that, if you're buying a house that's uh, not a brand new home, you know, sometimes you're going to have to do some repairs to the property. Um, you know, when whenever you're renting a house from a landlord or from a, from an apartment complex, uh, if your air conditioning goes out, you know, um, you just ha basically have to make a um, a request to have your air conditioning fixed or replaced. In many situations, so if you're owning if you own your own home and your AC goes out and you need to replace your air conditioning, that's four thousand dollars that has to come out of your pocket. So you got to account for that kind of things as well because that's a lot of cash. It's a lot of money. You know, that's just AC. That's not talking. That's not you know. Let's not forget. You know, you also have roof. You have plumbing. They have electrical. Um, and there's, there's a lot of things, you know, that you have to account to. It's not just a mortgage payment. That's one thing that a lot of people think like, oh, if I could just afford, you know, a mortgage payment, that's, you know, a thousand bucks a month. And, you know, that's hard to come by nowadays. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's say, you know, I, yeah, I can afford a $1,200, $1,300 mortgage payment. Well, you still got to account for mowing the grass. If you got a pool, you know, a lot of cases you got to pay a pool company to maintain your pool. If you, if you don't have the time to do it yourself, um, you know, if you have, uh, expenses as far as if things break down, as I mentioned before, um, you know, you have your AC breaking down roof. So there's, there's a lot of things that you really have to account for, you know, other than, oh, you know, my mortgage payment is 1200 bucks a month. I make, you know, $4,500 a, a month in income for my job. Oh, I qualify. It's not that easy. Like you definitely have to have, you know, savings saved up. Um, and it's nothing, something that you shouldn't just jump into right away just because everybody says you should jump into it. It's kind of like college, you know, when you're graduating from high school, everybody's like, oh, you need to go to college. You know, that's, that's the only path to do, mm -hmm. you know, there's no, uh, there's no other choice besides going to college. The same thing with buying a house. Not everyone should buy a house right away, especially right after graduating um, college as well. You know, a lot of people d say, oh, you know, I just graduated college. I just started a new career. Maybe I should go buy a house. Definitely do not buy a house unless you're like banking it and making killer money don't buy a house. It will be one of the worst mistakes you will make mm -hmm. in the beginning. Now, owning a property long-term, you know, that might make, you know, that, that'll make sense because of course, as you're paying down your, your mortgage payment every single month, um, you're going to be uh, bringing down your principal and your interest and uh, your equity will be building up in that property as well. So in the long-term, it makes sense. You know, if you're planning on living in the same property 
for 10 years, 15 years, 20, 30 years, um, then it's it will make sense to to buy a property, you know, right away if you want to, like right out of school, college or school or anything like that. Um, but again, in many cases, you know, and this is why you should really discuss, this, you know, these kind of things with a professional real estate agent. Uh, also, you know, discuss things like this with a CPA or someone who who really knows their finances very well before just diving into buying a property because it's definitely not for everybody. Believe it or not, no, it's kind of mm -hmm. like buying a car too. You can't yeah. just go out and to CarMax or anything like that and just mm -hmm. say, oh, I'm going to buy a car. You really have to do your research. Yeah. Because just based off people I know yeah. that have purchased homes, purchased cars, they'll just go in and dive in and without doing any research, it's like, how can you, how can you do that without yeah. knowing all the stuff that comes with a house? Like you said, mm -hmm. plumbing and electrical and yeah, it, it adds up. And, I mean, it's just endless. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's very expensive. And you know, like I said before, in many cases, especially, um, your first year or so when you're owning a property, uh, it actually, it makes sense to just to, to actually rent a home over buying a property in the first few years, because if you're in a situation where income is tight, you know, you just started your career, you know, in many cases, you don't want to buy a house right away. You want to rent a property, uh, rent an apartment or so, you know, apartments have a lot of, have a lot of advantages. You know, you have amenities, which is one, um, you know, just yesterday, my girlfriend and I, we actually went to go check out an apartment, uh, down, downtown. Uh, Market Square Tower, which is a beautiful apartment complex. I mean, they have the craziest amenities. I mean, we're just we we definitely can't afford it right now. Yeah. Uh, but it's something we're we're aspiring aspiring to do. Hopefully, within the next couple of months or so, maybe within the next year. Um, and you know, they have things like they have a game room, they have a theater room, they have two pools, um, they have a basketball court, and like a whole bunch of cool amenities that you're not going to get that kind of stuff in a house unless you're buying a million dollar property. And of course, most people are not gonna be able to afford a million dollar property. Um, and then on top of that, you know, if something breaks down, then we could just make a repair request and uh, the landlord uh, will basically get that fixed for us opposed to us uh, owning a property and we'll have to pay that out of pocket. Um, so there's, there's a lot of expenses that you do have to account for when uh, buying a property. Um, and were you gonna say something, by the way? Um, no, I'm just okay. trying to think of, uh, okay think of other things that I, that I had in my mind about <laughs> as far as purchasing a home. Yeah. And because I've read some stuff online, I'll go online and, mm -hmm. you know, first time buyer, how to purchase a home for the first time. And yeah. It'll give you tips as far as. Yeah. We'll know, get into that for yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. I can kind of see that line. Yeah. Line I have my already. little, I have my little lineup, <laughs> my, my notes of what I'm going to be saying on my yeah, little talk so here. Kind of things like saying kind of like, you know, do you need a, do you need a real estate agent? Should you get a loan from the bank or yeah, you know, definitely. things like that? Things definitely. Like that. So, um, so the next thing I'm going to go ahead and bounce into is, um, is owning a home and assets. So a lot of, you know, a lot of people are taught, you know, that owning a home is an investment. Owning a home is an asset. And I'm here to, to, to break your dreams and hopes because it's absolutely not an asset. Owning, oh, no. owning a property, uh, owning your own property that you're living in is not an investment and it's not an asset. And if you were, if you were to read um, a book by Robert Kiyosaki called Rich Dad Poor Dad, uh, he basically says that your home is not an asset; it's a it's a liability. And and the reason for that is because um, you know by definition, what is an asset? An asset is something that uh, puts money into your pocket every single month. Um, you know those are investments. You know investments like in um, real estate investing. You know if you own properties and you rent it out, that's an asset. Uh, but if you live in the property that you own. Um, and, and, and you, and you own it, whatever, um, that's not an asset. That's not, not, that's not an investment. That's a liability because 
you're making mortgage payments. You're that that owning that house that you're living in is costing you money every single month. You got a mortgage payment. You have grass to cut. You have um, you know your property. You have to clean it. If you're not cleaning it, you have to hire somebody to clean it. Um, if stuff breaks down, you got to pay for it. So that's a liability that costs you money. Um, so the reason your house is not an asset is because your house doesn't pay you money every month. You pay it every month. So your home is not an asset. Um, now over time, you know, with depreciation and with the market, um, your home value, it's, you know, your home value could definitely go up in value and you can appreciate over time. But of course that's long term. Um, and that's something I actually wouldn't even, um, I wouldn't even rely on, on that in purchasing, purchasing a property. Of course, you know, you don't want to buy a property that's overpriced on, at the very top of the market, but, um, don't rely on that. Don't, don't make your decision factor based on, oh, I think this house is going to appreciate X amount, you know, over the next 10 years, because it might not, you know, um, the way the, um, the market is, and, you know, there's, there's a recession, uh, in the United, every, every eight years, historically, there's a recession every eight years in the United States. Um, so if you happen to buy a property during a recession and you buy it real low, that's great. But if you happen to be selling your property during a recession, then that's bad news for you because you're gonna have to sell your property well below market value. So don't, don't uh, make your your decisions based on you know a hypothetical. Well, I think my house is going to appreciate over time because it's been appreciating over the past few years because the market could tank at any moment, um, and you might be stuck with that house. You know, you'll be stuck in that situation where um, you might be you know if, if the if the markets crash and, and you know things get low, you, you know you get laid off from your job. That's a very nasty situation, and that's exactly what happened in 2008 when the financial crisis happened, and and we've seen you know thousands and, and tens of thousands of people that got foreclosed on and yeah. they lost their homes because they were in it underwater so um yeah. i had to cut you off no no go for it question yeah. come in from uh, ernesto mm-hmm. what is that question uh ernesto is says there taxes yeah is there taxes on outside of the city land um so when you're buying a property uh there you don't pay taxes when you when you purchase a property um, there's not a, there's not like a sales tax or anything like that. So the only taxes when it comes to real estate is property taxes. So you're going to have property taxes every year that you have to pay um, to to the uh, to the county, uh, you know, to whatever county, whatever county you're in, Harris County or, or wherever you might be. So you're going to have property taxes. But when you're purchasing a property, you don't have a, like you don't have like a sales tax. You know, like when you go to the store and you're going to Best Buy and you're buying a laptop, you know, there, there's a what is it like an eight eight and a half or eight point two five percent sales yeah, tax. Like that. Um, for everything that you buy. Um, you don't have that when you're buying a property, uh, but you do have property taxes. So you have to account for that. Um, a lot of times if you're, if you have a mortgage and in most, in most situations you are going to have a mortgage, um, then your, your, uh, your property taxes are going to be, um, escrowed into your monthly mortgage amount. So usually at the end of the year, for example, let's say your taxes, and that's one thing we didn't even mention either is you still have to pay taxes. That's another part of the reason that your house is a liability and not an asset. Um, but, uh, Yes, at the end of the year, you know, let's say for example, your taxes are five thousand dollars at the end of the year, which is very realistic. I mean, a lot of properties are five thousand. On the on the lower end, you know, you're talking maybe two thousand. That's for like a really really shitty house. <laughs> I mean, no no offense, yeah. but um, you know, it's not it's not the best house. It's not in the best neighborhood. It's probably falling apart. It needs a lot of work. And then you're looking at maybe two thousand dollars or so in, in taxes at the end of the year. Um, but if you have a mortgage, you could have that escrowed and rolled into your monthly payments. That way, you don't have like this gigantic, you know. Two thousand, five thousand dollar tax bill that you owe to the to the county. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's another thing that you have to think about, guys. Is that uh, you do have property taxes, you do have mortgage tax, or not, or not mortgage tax, but it's a mortgage, mortgage payments, um, and you have you know account for cutting grass and like a, like I mentioned all before. So these are all liabilities 
that you have to account for when purchasing a property, uh, opposed to when you're renting a home, you simply just pay your rent, you pay your gas, you pay your electric, and you're done. You have to worry about it. And if you want to move out, you know, you, you could just move out of your lease. You know, you're, you, most leases, you're only in there for 12 months. So that gives you the flexibility to just, hey, you know, if you're young, you're millennial, you want to get up and move to another city, you want to move to Austin, you want to move to California, you just do that at the end of your lease. If your lease ends in six months or in 12 months, then you just move. Uh, when you own a property, you're stuck to that house. You're stuck in that roof until you sell that property. So again, it's not for everybody. If you have a family, if you have kids and you want to send them to a certain school district and you want them to, to grow up in that area, then of course, you know, buying a house, stuff like that makes sense. But realize that buying a house is not an investment. It's definitely uh, a liability. Um, kind of make me not want to buy a house now <laughs> Thinking of all and, the, and i'm a real estate agent and i'm not trying to discourage people yeah. from buying property no, but i'm but trying to make a, a yeah, realistic expectation that's the that's the reality you know? yeah. that's what you have to look forward to when yeah. you're purchasing a home or you know whatever it yeah. is you're going to do for the first time because it's not mm -hmm. like you said you have to be if you're if you're if there's only one person in the household that's working yeah you have to be making really good money yeah and yeah. even then with two people working in the in the household still yeah, you still have to, you know, make ends meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely have to budget for it. Um, you know, if if you don't have the budget for it, then you know, one month could definitely just knock you out of the water. You know, if you have some big expense or anything like that. Um, let me go through my phone. I think I saw a comment come in just a few minutes ago, actually. Let's Getting see. more comments on yours than on mine. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, any questions? Uh, Alonzo, Alonzo Hernandez says very interesting. Uh, just this past weekend, I started thinking about learning more about the real estate here in Houston. Thanks for putting this together. Oh, you're welcome, man. No problem. If you have any questions, man, please feel free to uh, to reach out to me and uh, and let me know. We got another question coming in. Another one, okay. Same one. <clears throat> this is from Ernesto. Another one. Uh, so, how much money would you recommend to save to buy a home? Um, so it depends. So um, when you're buying a property, uh, I'm gonna make the numbers really easy here. So let's say you're buying a hundred thousand dollar house, right? So typically when you're buying a property, there's there's two different types of loans. If you're getting a loan, and I'm assuming you are because you're asking how much money you would, you would recommend to save, um, you have to put uh, your down payment, and you're also gonna have closing costs as well. So your down payment, depending on what loan type you get, there's there's mainly two main loans. Um, you know, there's there's a conventional loan for in a conventional loan, if you're buying a property for for your own, you know, for yourself and, and it's not an investment, then it's, uh, it's typically you've got to put a 5% down payment. Um, if you're doing an FHA loan, which is very similar to conventional, it's just a FHA loan as, as a, as a loan that's backed by the government. Basically, um, it's very same, same process to qualify for. It's very, it's very easy to, uh, I think for, for an FHA loan, you could buy a house that's up to $271,000 or that's the loan amount you could get for. Um, and on those, you only put three and a half percent down. Uh, but on top of that, you have to also account for closing costs as well. Now, the cool thing about closing costs is that your closing costs can actually be negotiated with the seller who's selling the property. So in some cases, you might be able to get the seller to pay for part of your closing costs or even all of your closing costs. Uh, but in some situations, you won't have any of your closing costs paid by the seller and you have to come out of it out of your own pocket on top of your down payment money as well. So as a typical rule of thumb, I would say um, you're going to want to have at least six or seven percent or so of the sales price of the property. So if you're buying a one hundred thousand dollar property, uh, it costs one hundred thousand dollars. Then you know if you get an FHA loan, you're going to you're going to have about maybe three and a half percent down payment, and also for your closing costs as well. You know you might have another two to three percent of closing costs as well. So basically, you're going to want to have at least if you're buying a hundred thousand dollar house, you're going to have about about six to seven percent of that money already saved up. So if you're buying a hundred thousand dollar house, you're going to have six or seven thousand dollars in the bank 
that you're ready to blow on buying this house uh, from the get-go. And then also on top of that, keep in mind as well, you're going to want to have a little nest egg as well for anything that comes up like repairs. And on top of that, you still got to buy furniture. So you got to buy furniture for the house as well. So keep that in mind as well. Uh, but, but for simply for buying the property, you're going to want to ha have at least six or 7% of cash of the amount of property that you're buying for. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that answers your, uh, your question over there. Um, <clears throat> I was looking at this thing the other day, uh, mm -hmm. kind of going through purchasing a house. Yeah. And, uh, it, it kind of adds up. It kind of gets you to add up all the expenses that you have as yeah. far as like student loans or credit cards. And <clears throat> I think it, I forget the, the, the actual amount that it gives you, mm -hmm. but I think it says if you spend, I think up to maybe between eight or a thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. And you shouldn't buy a home if that's what you're making as far as expenses goes. Right, credit right. Credit cards, uh, car payments, right. student loans, yeah, uh, anything. Yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you know, just go back and you got to look at your finances and see exactly, you know, what what you can not only what can you can afford, you know, uh, as far as from a loan, but also what you know what's what's realistic for you. You know, if you again, if your if your mortgage is twelve hundred dollars a month, you know, you're still going to have to pay utilities. You still have you know a lot of stuff. So not don't just think of it. Oh, I just got. It's not like buying, or it's not like renting an apartment where it's like, oh, it's you know my apartment's twelve hundred dollars a month, you know that includes utilities, or you know another two three hundred dollars a month that includes utilities, and I'm done. And when you're buying a house, it's a little mm -hmm. bit different because you got to account for you know your mortgage, your taxes, and also utilities, and also um, you know have some money for repairs and stuff like that as well, just in case something breaks down. Um, so that's that's just the key, you know rule of thumb to keep in mind. Um, and also, uh, so okay. So the next question here that I wrote down that a lot of people ask is, do you need a real estate agent to to purchase a property? Uh, you don't need a real estate agent to purchase a property, but you, I definitely recommend one. Not just because I am, you know, an also I'm also a licensed real estate agent, but because um, it makes sense. You know, a real estate agent is somebody who's usually an expert in that particular market. You know, they've done this, you know, dozens, sometimes even hundreds of times. Um, so you're gonna want to have somebody that's an expert who's helping you out. Um, Oh, that's the same question. You want to have an expert yeah. who's uh, who's helping you out, uh, who knows the exact process in, in buying a property. And on top of that, when you're purchasing a property as well, uh, it actually doesn't cost you any money to have a real estate agent. It's actually free on your end because the, the seller who owns a property of whatever house you buy actually pays the real estate commission for the agent that's representing you when you're when you're buying the property. So when when you're when a, when a seller is selling a property, you know they have to pay a commission to that real estate agent that's that sold the property uh, for them, and then they also to split that commission with the person who also brought in that buyer as well. So uh, usually when you're buying a property, there's usually two real estate agents involved. There's the one representing the owner, the seller. There's also a real estate agent representing the, the buyer as well. So um, so that commission gets split between them, but it doesn't cost you, the buyer, any money as far as commission goes to, to have a real estate agent. So it's only to your benefit. You know, you should definitely have someone who knows what they're talking about, who knows the market, who knows the neighborhood you're looking in, and who's, who's just an expert and knows the exact process from, from beginning to end. So, so yes, you do need a real estate agent uh, when, you're, when you're buying a house. Uh, and also I recommend using a real estate agent when you're selling a house as well, because usually when you use a real estate agent, you can usually get top dollar opposed to just selling your house by yourself with a, you know, with a sign in the yard that says for sale by owner. Um, so um, did, did you have any questions on, on that part so far about the... Yes, I'm interested in buying a house now. <laughs> <laughs> well, sign right here sign and uh, sign his represent, representation agreement. No, I'm kidding. Um, and, and make sure, you know, for people buying out there, you have, always have to, you know, go back, go through and actually read and make sure mm -hmm. you understand. If you don't understand anything, just make sure to ask questions because yeah. 
you know, once you sign, sign off on anything, that's <laughs> it. I mean, you're, yeah. you're pretty much locked in. So yeah. yeah. Anything as far as taxes or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, for, for legal questions, you're going to want to talk to an attorney. Uh, for, for questions regarding, um, you know, real estate, you're going to want to ask your real estate agent and questions regarding finances, you're going to want to ask your lender. And also you're going to want to ask your, your CPA as well, uh, when it comes to purchasing a property. Um, so, um, we have about maybe 12 minutes or so left. So I'm going to kind of run through the rest of my list yeah, and the comment that came in. Okay. What is, what's the comment we have That's here? Good information. Thank you guys. Definitely going to take some more tips and do more research. Yeah, Ernesto, if you have any questions, man, feel free to reach out to me. Um, you, I'll give you my cell phone number. My cell is 281-844-1868. If you have any questions, feel free to call me or text me, and I'll be glad to answer any questions you might have. Um, okay, so so the entire, I'm going to kind of go ahead and go over the entire home buying process right now. So uh, basically from A to Z, and I'm going to kind of go through it really quickly because we only have about 10 more minutes, and then we got to shut this thing down. So, um, so, so the very first step when buying a home is you want to get pre-approved by a lender. Uh, to see exactly how much you qualify for, and they'll also be able to tell you, uh, give you an, an estimate of more or less about how much your your monthly payments will be as well. So first step when buying a property, before you even go out and look at a house, you're, go, you're gonna wanna talk to a lender. Now that lender could be your bank, whether you bank at like a Chase or a Wells Fargo, a Bank of America, don't recommend it by the way. Um, or you could go through a mortgage company, like a local mortgage company um, that that only focuses on mortgages, and they'll usually give, give you a better customer service, they usually give you a better rate set some, sometimes as well. So talk to, talk Talk to your, either your bank or talk to a mortgage company. I recommend talking to a mortgage company. If you need advice on who to talk to, let me know. Um, and, and get pre-approved. It doesn't cost you anything to get pre-approved for a loan. Uh, they'll tell you how much you're, you'll qualify for, and also they'll kind of give you an idea how much your payments will be as well. So that's step number one. Step number two is get an agent, get a real estate agent and help you identify what part of town you're looking in, you know, what area, also what your criteria is, you know, one bedroom or one bedroom, uh, you know, three bedrooms, four bedrooms, or one bedroom if you're looking for a condo. Um, and then you're going to want to, um, you know, start looking at properties in, in the area that you, that you're trying to focus on. Don't be scatterbrained, brained, you know, this is one of the worst things, at least I hate as being a real estate agent is, is buyers who, um, they have no idea what they're buying. They have no idea what they want and they have no idea what part of town they want to work in. Those are like the worst people to work, work with because they're going to have you driving all over town. So know what area you want to work in. What's important to you. Is it the school district? Is it being close to your job? You know, those, those are things that you want to factor in. So if you're, you know, if your job is, you know, in the woodlands, for example, uh, but you're looking at houses in Pasadena, well, that doesn't really make sense because for one, you're going to want to shoot your brains out after about 30 days of driving from the woodlands to Pasadena every single day for work. So maybe um, after like the sec- the first day, you're, you're done. Yeah. Finished. So so I can't take this anymore. So the moral of the story is uh, get a um, you know basically get an agent and also know what area you're trying to look in. Um, step number two is once you, or step number three, once you identify a property that you like, uh, then you're going to make an offer on that property. So making an offer is very simple. Basically have your agent run the market analysis for that area and, and determine what's the best offer for that property. Um, sometimes depending on if it's a buyer's market or a seller's market, you might have a lot of competition. There might be other people trying to buy that exact same property as well. So make a very competitive offer that makes sense to the market and also for that property as well. Um, Step number, I don't know what it is for, I'm guessing, is, is you want to make your offer stand out. So a lot of people will just submit an offer and that's it. 
Um, usually what I encourage my buyers to do is to actually write a letter, like a small, it only has to be a couple sentences, maybe a paragraph or so, and actually write a letter and submit that together with your offer to the seller. That way the seller actually kind of gets an idea of who's actually buying their property and it kind of gives them more of an emotional tie to, to your offer instead of just a plain black and white, hey, I'll pay, you know, 150 grand for your house and that's it, you know, kind of personalize, personalize it a little bit that way um, it'll make your offer stand out. Um, also as well, so some things that you got to account for when making an offer is a few things. You're going to have to put up earnest money and I'm going to explain all this. You have to put up earnest money, you have to put up option money and you have to have money to have an inspection, money to have a survey and money to, um, and to do, I think I covered most of it there. So, so, okay. So earnest money, what's earnest money? So earnest money is basically like a deposit that you have to put down on a property to, um, to basically to hold a property. So once you're under contract to purchase a property, uh, you have to put down what's called earnest money or think of it as, as a, as a deposit, uh, earnest money is typically, it's going to be 1% of whatever the sales price is of, a, of the property. So if you're buying a hundred thousand dollar house, uh, you got to put 1% down, which is $1,000 that $1,000, they're going to hold that money in an escrow account with a title company until you close on that property. Um, and then two, you're going to have to put down option fee and an option fee is usually only a hundred dollars. And the option fee is to give you the right to back out of the contract in case you decide not to buy the house. So an option fee is usually also called an inspection period as well. It's usually about 10 days long. So you'll basically pay a hundred dollars for, for a 10 day inspection period to do your inspections. Um, you know, if the inspector goes in there and finds out that your house is a total or the house that you're buying is, is a total mess, uh, and then it's going to need a lot of work more than what you originally anticipated. Well, then you could back out of that contract and not purchase that property within those 10 days. After those 10 days, you're locked into that contract and you got to buy the house. And if you don't buy the house, then you're going to lose your earn, the, your earnest money, which is what we just talked about. Um, that 1% as well. Um, Inspections, of course, you're gonna to wanna to hire an inspector to inspect the property. I always recommend a, a licensed inspector to inspect the property, to inspect the roof, the plumbing, the electrical, the foundation, all that's very important stuff because you wanna make sure that uh, the property you're buying doesn't have any major defects. Um, also, there's gonna be co there's gonna be a financing contingencies as well. So a financing contingency is basically when um, it kind of gives you usually about 20 to 25 days to get your financing in place. So usually that's, that comes into play with your lender. So your lender's going to have to get you, uh, approved for your loan, uh, usually within the first 20 to 25 days of you going into contract to purchasing that property. Um, and also you're going to have a final walkthrough at the very end as well. So the final walkthrough is once your loan has been approved and you're going to, you're ready for closing, then at that point, um, you're going to have a final walkthrough just to make sure everything looks fine. That the property still looks the exact same way that you saw it when you originally saw it in place your offer. And then the next step after that is closing and closing on the property. So at that point, that's when you're going to pay your down payment. That's when you're going to pay your closing costs. And that's the same day that you usually will get your keys for the house that exact same day as well. Um, I know I'm kind of like running through this really quickly cause we're kind of short on time. Um, but, uh, did you, did you have any questions as, as that came up, um, about the home buying process? I mean, I could go into a lot more deeper detail than that, but, uh, again, right. kind of short on time. So, and then we can always do a part two to this, uh, yeah. to this uh, whole edition as far as purchasing a home and, and we can really get more deeper into actually purchasing properties, uh, mm -hmm. you know, doing things, things like that. So, yeah. um, just kind of want to go ahead and wrap up since we're being kicked out of this room <laughs> right now. Yeah. But uh, hopefully you guys uh, and everybody that tuned in on my page, on Randy's page, and for you guys listening out there on, on YouTube, but hopefully this information was very helpful. And again, 
you know, Randy gave out his information as far as we can reach him at. Yeah. If you have any more questions about purchasing a home or anything that has to do with that, just feel free to hit him up. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. Hopefully we can get together to do this uh, part two of this again. So, um, like I said, thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next time. All right, guys. Appreciate it.